0: Coming to you from the pit in Royal Grande, California. Your hosts John Hackleman and doctor James Casper. It's time for Pitmaster and the Duck.
1: Hey guys, Pitmaster here. I'm here with the doc, John. Good to see you. We have a special guest, the gangster. I mean, the all-American gangster, like a gangster, gangster, the serious <laughs> kind of gangster, Chelsone. Thanks, brother. What's happening, everybody? Um, we just we just wanted wanted to pick your brain about a couple things and just uh, be educated and um, entertained. Oh. I'm I'm
0: here to help man I'm uh, flattered I'm actually very flattered by that lead in John that was very
1: nice of you uh, um love your stuff Lo- we, we both are big fans and um because um, I remember the old days I was out at uh when I came out to team quest and I stayed at uh, Matt Linland's house and um, it was a scary thing because Let me just say, the Team Quest guys are a little different than the Pit guys. Most of them, except for you. And there's like three of them sleeping in the the living room or something on his couch. And I was in a room and I was so scared of these guys that I locked the door and I thought I was going to get raped. (laughs) So, So guess what? So I thought I was safe, but then I heard some noise outside. So I looked out the window. There was a fucking goat. <laughs> anyway, nice. Who was that? I forget the name of that guy. He was a really hard hitter. I think he fought in a bunch of little shows. Didn't quite, he had a lion tattoo? I think. Well, we had a guy named
0: Ryan the Lion Shorts. Ryan, Ryan. Oh yeah, You know, and Coach, he actually went on. He won the uh, he won the championship. You'll remember the IFL. International Fight League? Yeah, the,
1: the team, yeah.
0: Yeah, he stopped uh, Chris horndesky who was like undefeated at the 19-years-old yeah. little phenom. And uh, he stopped him with a move. He reached behind his back, trapped his arm, and then came on top. Uh, and that
1: move has forever been called the, the Horndesky handshake. So shout-out to Ryan the Lion. Ryan, I miss you, bro. And then there was one of my all-time favorites, Matt Horowitz. Yep. Who actually came out and trained with me um, and I woke up at like three in the morning to go pee, and he was staying in my guest room, and he was wide awake, lifting dumbbells, watching Mario Sperry in on a video. That sounds right. And I said, "Bro, what the hell are you doing now?" He goes, "Oh, coach, I forgot to do my uh, lifting weights today, so I'm just doing it now." It was like three in the morning, but I love that guy. I got an update. You wanna you
0: want a Matt Horwich update? Yes. All right, so in the small world, okay, I'm, I'm out here in Portland. I haven't talked to Matt in forever. I run into a guy who's a police officer in California who uh, went up in the woods, some government land up in the woods, but he had found Matt Horwich. Matt Horwich had, like, uh, taken over a couple of acres and had a campsite, and the cop's like, yeah, I got up there, and it, it was a mess, and, and there was Matt Horwich, and there was condoms everywhere, and... I was like, okay, I don't know what that expression means. What do you mean there was condoms everywhere? It's like condoms everywhere. And we kept doing this, and he just kept coming back to the statement, there was condoms everywhere. So I don't know if he, if Horwich has, like, boxes of condoms. I don't know if they were open. I know nothing. I just know the cop kept saying the term condoms everywhere.
1: Wow. That's a Mad
0: Horwich update for you. And you probably aren't stunned by that.
1: No, I'm not. I, he's one of the few people I actually had to slap in the face once in between rounds. Because I was in Hawaii cornering one of my guys. And for some reason, Matt Linland called me and said, You know, I missed my flight. I was supposed to work his corner. Uh, I'm not going to make it. Do you mind working his corner? And I knew Matt a little bit, but I didn't, I'd never really trained him. So I said, Sure. So, we go, the fight starts, and he goes in for a takedown. He just about gets the guy down, and then all of a sudden, he just pulls guard. And he's trying for an umaplata. So, he tries the whole round for the umaplata, and he just gets keeps getting punched in the face. But he wouldn't give up position. He wouldn't even try to get out. So, he comes back to the corner. I go, bro, what the hell are you doing? Why don't you take him down, or at least get off the bottom? He goes, John, I'm going to get an umaplata. And... and and I know I'm going to do it, so I'm going to try again this round. I said, oh, please, wonderful. if you can take him down, take him down, get on top of him, and just pound him. He goes, I, I'm going to get that umaplata. You know, you know, Matt. So the next yeah. round, he does it the next round. He goes in for a takedown, gets the guy almost down, and then, like, reverses and pulls guard and tries for an umaplata for the entire round, gets punched in the face, and he comes back to the corner. I'm like, what are you doing? Take him down. And he just looks at me and goes, John, John, this round for sure I'm gonna get that Uma plata, okay? I swear I'm gonna get it. Didn't get it, he lost the decision, but that was Matt. That's Matt. He's gonna he can't not and stubborn. love him.
0: Yeah, I love him too. And as, as,
1: as people are gonna
0: hear this and think, what's wrong with him? But he he makes those miracles happen. He does. I mean he believes in that stuff and stays so persistent. I don't support that game plan. But I'm just saying, it, it's not quite as crazy as it sounds. A lot of times it worked out for him.
1: It did work out a lot more than... He had a really close fight. He had a really... When Glover was coming up, right when he was about to peak, he had a really close lost him. I mean, there was a close fight. Where did they fight? at sport fight? They fought... Yeah, the one that uh, the Team Quest guys put on in yep. Oregon. Yeah, they fought there. And then... Uh, and then I, w- I work with Matt a lot of his fights, you know, and one of the one of the big ones was his uh, Phil Baroni uh, their rivalry. That was one of the funniest sure. rivalries ever. Did you see that video that Matt made about Phil? Yes. Like when he was flexing and he was doing all this and he was like, "All he's calling him gay and this and that. And it was a those guys went at it. For that
0: time, yes, that was about that was
1: about as uh, tumultuous as it ever got.
0: Yeah, I remember something about short shorts. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, yeah but Bill was video. a ton of fun.
1: He made a video, and that was before the big social media thing where everyone does that. But Matt Linland, who is a really, really smart and, and and articulate guy, that video was freaking hilarious. I got. I'm going to find it and show it to you someday. Matt Linland, Matt Linland was a really sharp guy, and now he's, now he's coaching the Olympic, uh, whatever, whatever the wrestling team in somewhere. Yep,
0: yep, you're right. Yeah, uh, Greco Roman. Yeah, he he's
1: in charge. He's the highest rated coach in the country. He is. He is, and he's a great guy. And then I remember working with somebody. Oh, I was there when um, Rock, Rock Quarry. Where I was training the guys. What's his, he, what's his name? His name is uh his name is uh, Nate Nate Quarry, but we, Nate the Rock Quarry, Nate the right Quarry. Who, uh, I thought it sounded like a porn name or something. He, <laughs> rock knowing Curry? him, <laughs> knowing him, yeah, I I would say that. Um, he knocked out that Chris Levin guy in sparring. Okay, it was crazy, and I was like, he was out, and I so I ran over there. I said, oh shit! All right, no more training, no more sparring for you. For at least a week, man. You cannot spar. He's like, no, I'm going to go spar right now. And and he tried to get back in and spar. And, and Matt goes, and I think it was Matt and Randy at that time. And they were like, no, no. John said no. He's a registered nurse. If he said you can't spar. You can't spar. He was still out of it. He was, he was, uh, that was, that was, uh, those were the days. Those, that was the... Those- those
0: were the days. I, I miss those days a lot. I never knew what a special team we had, uh, you know, and, and I guess none of us did. We, we all had to look back, but there was just so many guys that had a dream and came in there and worked really hard together and sharpened each other up and then went on and made it. You know, I, I could just name drop all day long about the guys that came through Team Quest. And it was a lot of fun. I look back to those things with good memories. You know, John, you thought up a moment ago that this was before social media, things like that. Well, yes, it was. It was four times we. I'm holding the phone doing this interview with you right now. These phones didn't exist. My point being, we didn't have cameras. And if yeah. I, I just have so many regrets. I wish we would have had a camera or brought a camera in, set it up, It just had that footage. You know, I watched this far in between Dan Henderson and Evan Tanner, Evan Tanner and Matt Lindland. you know, Randy Couture, guys coming through all the time. Oscar, Rico Rodriguez, DJ Penn on um, I mean, it's just really a who's who, and uh, we
1: had some real special moments in there. Yourself
0: included, we had some real special moments that, uh, that are now
1: just in memory, and I wish we would have captured them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were great, man. Let me open this door. I think. Do you think opening the door help the internet? Now, uh, I don't know. Uh, we're getting bad internet. Um, yeah, it was great times. But okay, let's move now. Let's fast forward to um, to the American gangster. The American Gangster. Um, Shall we? Where would you like to go? I know a thing or two about him, so yes, you do. And uh, and now the American Gangster went from from those uh, those gym wars with some of the best MMA fighters of all time, um, being honed like a sharpened, like a uh, like a sharp dagger, um, all those years. And now you're fighting in a, you're going from, you went from middleweight, you fought light heavyweight a lot, but you, you're you going basically, you're a middleweight, you can make middleweight, I bet, probably wouldn't be comfortable, but you're fighting in a heavyweight tournament. Yeah. What the hell is that? Yeah. That's some you, big guys, I have, man. I don't have a great on that, other
0: than I just got a phone call and they said you wanted a tournament, you know, we're doing this tournament, you, we got a spot, that was but yeah, that's how i get gaining weight. Anyway. Um, i I want to I like to be two fifteen, and I'm about two twenty-six. But I feel it; I, I get a little little tired faster. Tick by my number on the bottom. It's hard for me to get up. So I'm trying to lose some weight. But yeah, I got a heavyweight fight coming up with uh with Pure, in just a couple months.
1: So you're next, okay? Uh, I. I see that as a good fight for you. I really, I really see that as a, as a, uh, somewhat as a fight strategist. I see that as a really good fight for you. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. see, I don't see him beating you in too many ways. I kind of think that he, he definitely with
0: I know mean, he could beat me too, but uh, I think his ways, I think. I think it gotta be a knockout, I think it has to be with my hands. So I think uh, you know, as far as what to look out for, I think I'm isolated a little
1: bit. I yeah, I don't I don't see that happening with him. I like that guy, but I don't see it. Fedor. Love that guy. But are you I mean that's a that's a damn good matchup for you, you gotta admit.
0: Um. Well, thanks. I haven't I haven't thought about him a whole lot. Uh,
1: Cause he's a heavyweight. You probably never had before.
0: That's right. See, that was one of the things Matt fought him. Matt Lindley went over and fought him, and then Henderson fought him. Randy always wanted to fight him, and I never once thought about him because of what you just said. We were we were separated by too much weight. You know, two different weight classes. Plus, he was fighting in Japan when I was fighting in North America. I, I just never I, I never saw him as a potential matchup. So. I am starting to focus on him. I'm watching
1: his matches and, and things like that. But I don't know that I've, I've completely formed an opinion yet. Yeah. I think that, yeah. I think his, his ace in the hole is kind of similar to Matt, uh, not Matt, but Dan is a much more uh, more multi dimensional fighter. But his, his ace in the hole, his strength was, is his overhand right. Matt, is a right hook. Sure, but then, but then again, Matt has a lot more skills in other ways, and and Matt was just Matt Lindland was just Matt Lindland. You gotta love him. You gotta love. Yeah, him. No, that's yeah. right. Yeah, that's
0: right. Matt had a grittiness that you could never put into words. You, you know, analysts could sit and watch him, and say he wasn't a hard striker, or this or that, but he Matt was going to be on you start to finish.
1: He he and, would come and he back, wanted to win. He would come back to the corner. I think he always had his chewing. I actually went into like say goodnight to him once, and he was staying in my guest house in, in my guest room, and he brushed his teeth and and everything. They then he was going to go to bed, and I was like, "All right, bro, I'll see you in the morning. We're going to train in the morning." And while Wally on the bedside table after he brushed his teeth, he's putting in like his his Copenhagen t- to go to sleep. Yes, what is he is crazy? I but, know. Yes. But, he, he still loves that damn tobacco. He does. And when he came back to the corner, every round he'd come back to the corner, I thought it was done because he'd be like, he would look so, t- have you ever worked his corner? No. Uh, he came back to the corner like, <sighs> like, like like, like drooling and spitting and <sighs> like he was done. And I was like, okay, slow down, deep rest. All right, you got to do this. You got to do this. Slow down. And then he'd go back out like, like he wasn't even tired. Yeah. No, he, he
0: he had an incredible pace he would push. He was a natural competitor. Yeah. Which is really hard to see on, on TV when you watch a guy. It's really hard to he, to, to quantify that, but Matt had
1: it, man. He had, he had the grit. He did he did it. He, he really did. Okay, tell me about your you're more of a grappler obviously, but you have a really high level uh, striking coach. Do you still have him? Yes. He he's here right now. I'm at my house. Um he flew in. He's staying with me. In fact, we're headed
0: to to a a session in in just a few moments. But um yeah, he's a great guy. Clayton hires, he was an all army boxing champion. And uh, he doesn't talk much about his career, but if you meet guys from that were around back then, they say he he could have been a world champion. What he's most proud of is he trained uh with Marvin Hagler. Okay. So he he always says, you know, he's part of part of Marvin Hagler's entourage and training camp but when wow. i talked to other guys that were around uh i knew him for a number of years before i found out he beat floyd mayweather you know floyd mayweather had only lost uh four fights ever in his whole life but clayton Harris was one of those losses wow
1: yeah that's yeah he's hit. good he's very good i love great that motivator guy. too i love that guy because we're on the yeah, all army fun. we're on the all army team but like but like two years apart and, uh,
0: oh really? I didn't know you, you
1: you were on the army boxing team. Yeah, yeah, and then and so we had that in common, and we met. I think one of your fights, um, and we we met after the fight, and we we're in in the lobby hotel lobby. We talked for hours. I love that guy. And w- was was Adams the coach? No, no, he was not the coach then. He um, was a sergeant. Uh, he was a first sergeant. Cruz. Gotcha. And I uh, I think we were like two years or three years apart. I forget if he was before me or I was I was before him or, but anyway, I love that guy. So, you, you consider yourself, um, just a freestyle fighter now, right? I do, yeah. Just just mixed martial arts. I wrestled, you know,
0: when I went into fighting, I I, I had wrestled my whole life. But uh, I was just thinking about this the other day. I, I think I had wrestled for eleven years, but I've I've done fighting for fourteen. So so now for uh, you know fighting is. I've done that longer, so I guess I'm I'm an MMA fighter, then I'm not a wrestler
1: anymore. What are some of your, I'm not really a wrestling guy at all, but what are some of your, I know all I hear about uh, what a great wrestler you are, you're not really, uh, you're not talked about for your striking yet, but I'm sure you will be after you knock Fedor out with a left hook, but but tell me some of your wrestling uh, credentials. Accomplishments. So I've really
0: got three that I'm I'm proud of. I was uh, I won a couple of national championships in Greco-Roman. Uh, I was an NCAA All-American and I was an Olympic alternate. And uh, an Olympic alternate is not something that the time that you would brag about. It, it was like a devastating thing to not make the team. But uh, in hindsight, I, I, I was proud of it. I, I gave it my best effort. I I, I I didn't quite get there, but I enjoyed the process.
1: Yeah, so, it's, I mean, that's kind of the Olympic, yeah, the Olympic, that was the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. the Olympics, yeah.
0: And, yeah, and I tried the same year that Matt ended up going and getting a silver medal, so I would
1: have loved to have been on that team with him, would have been a great experience, but there yeah. you go. Yeah. All right, so now, now, besides your fighting, you have, you have other stuff going on. Tell me, are you going to become like a Tony Robbins? No, I don't think so.
0: No, uh, you have. what I, I like a... to call the fights. I mean, I like to participate. It's really hard to participate in this sport unless you're in the ring. Uh, you know, and fighting. And of course, that's something you can only do for so long. So
1: yeah,
0: I've felt very fortunate to have some of those commentating jobs and get to be part of the show and and, and at the events. And uh, I think that's probably what what I'll do post uh, athletic career. Not trainer. I don't think so. No. I, I've I've coached for many years, but just uh, kids wrestling. I never got into coaching mixed martial arts. And uh, I'll keep working with the kids um, in wrestling. But just, just the young guys, you, you know, ages like 9 through uh, 16 or 17. Um, but that's all. I, I don't enjoy working with the adults as much. I, I prefer to go in and, and teach the basics and show the kids.
1: What about your uh, – when you're, when you're in front of the camera, you do a great job. You do – I mean – but you can tell that there's a part of you that wants to talk about the Brazilians thinking that the bus is a horse. But you can't, you have to, you have to, you have to, you have to, you, you can't do that, can you? you can't. No. Not if I'm on the clock.
0: No, if I'm working for, say, ESPN or for Viacom or something and I'm wearing the suit and getting a check, no, no. There, I, is that I hard for you to,
1: is that hard? Because that would be kind of like, that would be kind of like, uh, I don't know, that would be hard like Chuck not throwing a right hand. I mean, how do you, how right. do you, how do you, reel that in. It, it's not as fun. I,
0: I, I would rather be out there antagonizing yeah, and uh, infuriating, but um, it's not as fun. And yes, I do have to catch myself sometimes, but, but it's a reality. I mean, it, that'd be a big screw-up. You know, they're counting on you to do a certain job and deliver. And, you know, if, if I was out there for my own fight, I, w- I would be out there putting myself over and promoting, but you know, when you're in that role, you're, you're building up the other guys. And so it, it is kind of polar opposites.
1: What was your best, your favorite, um, what was your favorite, I'm not going to say shit talking. What was your favorite pre-fight, uh, um, shit talking? You know, was I at the bus
0: line. I had a great line that I really liked. I was at a press conference for Anderson Silva, and this was still silly. like I didn't get. I thought it was a great line. I told him I fight. I said I'm better than John Jones. I sound better than Sean Combs, and you can ask around. I'm even better than John Holmes. And wow. uh, it was a great. It was a beautiful line. It was poetry. Nobody was doing poetry back then. Now they're all doing it, but they weren't doing it back then. No. I well, really liked that one.
1: That was a good one. Yeah, now, to be honest, you had it with such articulation and eloquence. And now they're just coming in and they're like, they're just taking the lowest hanging fruit and throwing fucking water bottles and shit on each other. And they're just, they're taking it to a lower end level where yours was just all your, you were more like Muhammad Ali, where you just said, you just, yours was like classic shit. like the Like the horse and the bus. That happened. Did that, that get was a weird banned experience. from Brazil or something? Well,
0: at, at one time, yes, at one time. And it's hard to equate, but, you know, just how big this sport is in Brazil, right? It's soccer, number one, but then MMA, number two. So everybody knew. And, and yeah, I, I was hated. I went over there. I had to have personal security and bulletproof cars. And, yeah, it was a scene. It, it was the uh, less educated here, what did you say? <laughs> Oh, I buried them. Yeah, I, I put them down, a bunch of Brazilian fighters. This is where it all started. But I put down a bunch of Brazilian fighters because I was trying to get matches with them. Anderson Silva and Vandalay uh, Silva. And, uh, there might have been some more guys. The O'Gara brothers ended up in my crosshair somehow. And so I, I, I gave them a bunch of insults. And then I later apologized for it. I said I didn't mean for them to ever see it. That I, I, I said those things on the internet. And if I had any idea that they had computers in Brazil, I <laughs> wouldn't have done that. I just fucking, apologized. Funny. That was funny as shit. And uh, that, I mean, that was really that. That was day. fucking
1: classic. It was classic. It's a
0: great line. It's a great line. You know, some people, no sense of humor. Right? Tell them
1: what he—tell what you said about the bus. That was
0: fucking. Yeah, I was doing an interview. I can't remember if it was with Ariel or it was with Joe Rogan or something. And I said that I was in uh, Las Vegas the first time that Nogara Brothers touched down and that, that I saw Big Nog went up and tried to feed a carrot to a bus because he thought it was a horse. <laughs> and, I mean, that was it. It was Again, it was silly. They got so upset about that. The whole country. Those guys got mad with the whole country. And I'm looking back going, yeah, you know, I did say it with anger. I said it with hostility in my eye. I looked deep in the camera. But those are playful lines. I mean, that's like, it's that's as G-rated classic. as it gets. He tried to feed a carrot to a, a bus. I couldn't believe how upset that uh, that people got about it.
1: Yeah, it is. So where do you want to be in 10 years?
0: Um, in 10 years? Oh, I don't know. You know, I used to want to be president. I used to, uh, I, had, I had a goal to be governor, then I was going to run for the White House. But I don't think that politics are in my future anymore. I, uh, I enjoyed them, but I, I don't know if I'll go back. And, uh, but I don't. No, that's usually my answer somebody would know, usually ask me where i'll be in 10 years i would tell them the white house
1: but it's not so what, where is it now
0: i don't know i don't know i have to rethink that see i got two kids now i got two kids now so I'll, what are I'll their be ages? wherever they are yeah probably uh probably wrestling tournaments and martial arts events support my
1: little maniac you think you'll just stay with the uh, after your career's over you think you're to stay with the uh, announcing and, and that stuff well, work-wise, yeah, I think so. Yeah, and you know that's
0: one of those positions. In fighting, you can go out and earn it, but you can't really earn it in commentating. Somebody has to, to, has to pick you, has to go. Hey, you're you're the, you're the guy we want to cover our event. So, uh, I consider myself very fortunate there. But if those opportunities are still around, I, I do enjoy them.
1: What are your What are the ages of your two kids?
0: I got a little girl that's nine months, and then I got a little maniac that lives upstairs that's three, and he breaks at least one thing a day. His mother picked him up from school yesterday, and she was walking him right past the office, uh, and the principal was standing there, and he looked at his mom and said, Mom, I want to go to the park and fight. Wow. And Yeah, and the principal, he didn't know it that much. Go Everything is fight for him, right? You could be playing with balls, We, we everything we, we call fighting. So uh, he wanted to go to the park and fight, and the the, the principal overheard that one. I was very proud, though.
1: Yeah, thank God he doesn't make a feeding a bus uh, a carrot line to someone. <laughs> Holy, can you imagine? Uh, Give him some time. That would that would be freaking unbelievable. So how much how much longer do you want to fight?
0: Um, yeah, I never know. I never want to put an expiration on it. I mean, I I would like to do it forever. I love it. I love the lifestyle. I like getting up in the morning too early and going outside and running whether piece I of feel Baker? like it or not. I, you know, I even miss the weight cutting. I hated weight cutting, but I, I just like everything that goes with it. I like the social aspect and seeing the guys every day. And uh, I don't have a whole lot of friends, so it's nice. You know, that's that's kind of my social life, too, is the gym. And uh, so, yeah, I, I have no expiration date, um,
1: pre-set at least. Have you ever been hurt? Because it doesn't, doesn't look – I've never seen you in a fight hurt. No, I don't
0: think I have. Uh, I broke my sternum in a fight with Nate Marcourt. I shot in right off the bat he me right in the chest and that hurt. But um but that wasn't that bad like to, to rehab from. You just had to kind of do nothing for six weeks and it healed itself. Did that but no take I've been you, I've been lucky. I can fight? tell you you know, John, I can tell you for sure that my career will end the only way a fighter's career should end, which is face down and embarrassed. I, I will do this until I get to that point and they carry me out and say, we don't want you to do this anymore.
1: How old are you? 41 years young. Yes, that's very young. Remember in boxing, it was like, as soon as you hit like 27, they were done. MMA and the, and the, the way you guys train and the way, it's a different sport too, but mainly it's the way you train and, 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 and take care of your bodies now. and uh, it's, it's amazing that 41 is now the prime. Yeah. Ish. Ish. Yeah. Was so that? Oh, your audio cut out.
0: Oh, I Wait. was just saying that you know the Dan Hendersons and Randy Couture's that, that I looked up to growing up, they went into their late forties, forty six and forty seven. Respectively, and uh, and I think that that's a sign of success. I think for an athlete to be able to extend his career is is a as good as an accomplishment as anything else you can achieve.
1: What's your diet?
0: Oh, it, it goes in and out. Um, at summertime, uh, summertime is probably the healthiest time, just because we have such good uh, produce in Oregon. We got some wonderful corn. Ah, oh, I love it. Eat it every day. And then we've got some really great tomatoes. Um, for dessert, we'd have these, these great big peaches that come out. Um, and then usually, usually something up. Um, so, you know, kind of like a meat and fruits and vegetables in the summertime, the the rest of the time I just eat pretty basic. I don't eat breakfast and then usually like a sandwich for lunch and whatever my wife makes for dinner.
1: So do you intermittently fast?
0: (laughs) Not on purpose. I, you know, my whole life I've had to fast. Um, because I always had to make weight classes, I, and so it was a different level of discipline—a forced discipline. And now that I'm not forced to do it, I, I do find that I, I I do not elect to do it.
1: Yeah. So what's was I've di- only been
0: a heavy? I've only been a heavyweight for eight months. So, I mean, my whole life I've done it, but no, I haven't done it in the last eight months.
1: What's the difference between uh, discipline and uh, dedication? Yeah,
0: I don't know. I that's a really tough one. I love the word discipline because. Motivation is a hard one for me. I I hear coaches always talk about you. You got to be motivated. You got to want it. That was just never a switch that I could flip. I I either felt that naturally, or I didn't. But I still wanted to win, so I, I still understood whether I was motivated or not. I knew what time to be at practice, and I knew to to not leave early, and I knew to trust in my coaches and do those things and do it a couple of times a day, and then the rest of the day was mine. So uh i'd have to get back to you on on motivation and dedication or, or rather uh, uh discipline one. and dedication i think they probably go hand in hand
1: okay what tell me how you you start your day with uh tell me about your planning system because i was talking to franklin covey guys uh and they said they've been hearing about your one piece of paper uh planning uh planning um strategies and system and they they want to get with you tell me how you plan your oh, day well that- Yeah,
0: so I'll just tell you about that. If you're your own boss, you know, and if you're in fighting, if you're in sports and you're an independent contractor, you don't answer anybody, you are your own boss. And that can carry over to the business world or whatever. But everybody needs some kind of structure. And so I just use a piece of paper. I just write it all down ahead of time, right? Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I pick one of those days is off. I think that people need that. I think they need a day to themselves. Again, if they're in business or they're in sport, I think everybody needs a day off. And uh, and then from there, I just I know when I'm fresh and I'm level-headed and I and I'm inspired. Uh, I know what I need to do, so I, I write those things down. whatever whatever time of day it is and whatever has to be done, and then that becomes the boss. I, I do whatever that sheet uh, says. And I think you need to be in the right frame of mind when you write it up. You know, I, I know as the week goes on and I see, oh boy, there's a, there's a five mile run Wednesday at five a.m. and I think, why did I put that on the sheet? But there was a reason. It's the same thing when the alarm clock goes off in the morning. You roll over and hit the snooze button. Well, no, there's a there's a reason you set that alarm in the first place. There's a reason you need it up. So, I think if you just have some of those structures, they could be really important. And other people are great. They can listen to a coach or they can listen to a boss. They can listen to a, a parent or a teacher. But if you do end up in a spot, and I'm kind of in one of those spots, where if I wanted to take tomorrow off, there would be nobody to – to tell me otherwise. So I, I need a, to have a level of discipline. And uh, and I think writing it down and putting it somewhere you see is, is, is a responsible thing to do. And I also like John, I also like it at the end of the week when, when all those boxes are checked, I save those. I save those for every single training camp. I save notes on every single workout of every single day. And I go back and look. And you know, my mind plays tricks on me. Some some athletes don't. Matt Lindland never dealt with it. Mine does. Mine second guesses myself constantly. Oh, I wish I would have done more. I wish I would have worked harder. I'll do it next time. I work really hard. I just forget. So now I write it all down. I go back to the box. If my mind tries to play tricks on me, I pull it out. I look back. so, no, I did all those things that I said I was going to do. I do deserve to win this fight.
1: You're one of the most most well-known, famous fighters in the most uh, in the highest. You made the highest uh, the highest stage, the UFC. So. Whatever you're doing in your little, in your boxes and your book, the, you could call it the, the boss, the boss. And that's what your planning system could be called. It could be called the boss. And it could just sure. be a fucking, you could buy it from Walmart, like 25 cent, just a, a little thing. And you just write the boss, Chael Son is the boss, and you could probably sell it for like 15 bucks each. I like that. I like that. I mean, you could call it a calendar,
0: but yeah, the calendar's got to become the boss, man. you got to remember why you wrote those things down in the first place.
1: What's your biggest goal right now in the fight world?
0: In the fight world, right now, uh, one at a time, uh, beat Fedor, but we're in a tournament. We're in a tournament for the, the Bellator Heavyweight Championship. So uh, I guess on a broad stroke, to, to be the Bellator um, Heavyweight Champion, to back off that a little bit, to beat Fedor and make it through this round, to back off that, to. Uh, to get through a, a safe and healthy training camp, and to, to back it off one step further, to have a great workout tonight. I got a hard, good workout tonight. My coach Clayton is in town. I want to impress him, and uh, one step at a time. You know, it's that old expression, how's a goldfish eat a shark? But the answer is a lot of little bites.
1: So I have a question from a sports medicine perspective. How has your training changed compared to, like, say, when you were 31 to now? So you don't get injured. Have you had to modify things? No,
0: I haven't done that, but I do find that I spend less time training. Um, I don't like the expression, train smarter, not harder. And the only reason I say I don't like, I know in theory it makes sense, but I could historically go back and look at any focus group of guys who have said that and show you the beginning of the end of their career. As soon as a guy starts saying, I'm going to train smarter and not harder, bet on the opponent. And... Uh, but I have found myself as I've gotten older. I can't spend four days in the uh, four hours a day in the practice room anymore. You know, I, I can spend about forty-five minutes to an hour and fifteen in the morning with the strength and conditioning, and then about an hour and forty-five minutes in in the evening pushing and pulling and punching on somebody. So I've had to shorten it up. But the things that I got rid of, um, I consider not the hard stuff. I, I've I've kept all the hard stuff. Anything intense, I still do. But some of the the, the warming up that. Uh, you know, running in a circle with the group and the, the, the jumping jacks to get warm. I just I just can't spend that uh, that energy anymore. My, my body, it's, it's really hard to recover. So any fat I can take off the bone I have, um, but that's really the only difference that, that I've found. And, and then rest is a little bit harder or a little bit more important, too. I used to take one day a week off, and now I find myself taking two um, here and there. So... Uh, aside from the rest and recovery, I haven't personally dealt with anything.
1: Ever Everything of being, uh, doing, doing any stand-up?
0: Do I do stand-up? Yes, every day.
1: No, but have you ever thought, have you thought of doing some stand-up comedy?
0: Oh, oh, I thought you meant the punches and the kicks. I know
1: you do that. That's why, yeah. Uh,
0: no, I don't know if I've ever considered
1: stand-up comedy. No. Seriously? You've never Yeah, but I do like it. to entertain.
0: I mean, that, that,
1: I... I haven't considered doing that. Yeah, I, I would think that would be like right up, right, right, right up your alley. Perhaps, maybe someday. I'm not here in
0: Oregon. We don't have a lot of comedy. It's not like in L.A., like what Joe Rogan has, but uh, yeah. uh, maybe someday.
1: You know, my daughter has a shop right down uh, in uh, Hood River. Oh, what kind? It's a acai bowl shop.
0: Oh, very cool. Yeah, those are big out here.
1: It's called the Basic Bowl. Have you ever met my daughter? Jellybean? No, I don't think so. No.
0: No, but I do, I do go to Hood River, so I, I'll look her up. I'll definitely try uh, I'll try her spot.
1: Yeah, it's called the Basic Bowl. All right, we're going to let you get – where's Clay? Is he right right there? No, he's not sitting in front of me, but he is in the house somewhere. All right, we'll let you get to training, but we appreciate you coming on. Uh, good luck in the tournament. Good luck in your career. We're watching you. Love uh, your stuff. Loved you on a, a Tassel and Mets show the other day. You shine. Oh,
0: thanks for watching that.
1: Oh, my God. Good guys. They are very good guys.
0: All right, gentlemen. Thank you. I have had it with you both. Thank you very much.